0: Calling all dancing unicorns, it's Wednesday or whatever day you are joining me, it's the perfect day because I am about to rock your world with this episode. Actually, Kristen, my guest that I brought on today, Kristen Such, she is a spiritual business mentor. She's a confidence and mindset coach. She's an angelic channel. She is a woman of many talents and she is so well-spoken when it comes to money I was smacked in the face with this episode in the best way. Like I love when someone just sits down and is like, I'm going to F you up really quick. And I'm like, F me up because I need my perspective, you know, checked as much as anyone else. So, This episode is so, 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 so good. But before we get into it, welcome to AG University Podcast. It is I, your professor at Anna Grace Newell on all platforms, and also now at AG University Podcast on Instagram. If you want to go a little deeper, learn more about spirituality, health, wellness, the Akashic Records, check us out there. If you ever are interested in booking a one-on-one reading with me, or just going a little bit deeper with the Akashic Records, join my newsletter. It's linked in the show note. My... Booking link will only ever go out in the newsletter. There are tons of weirdos out there impersonating me. I will never DM you or ask you to book a reading or ask you for money. Check the username. It's usually off by a letter or two. I will only connect with you in my personal newsletter. There'll be a sign up to book with me. So Newsletters go out only one to two times a month. Promise I won't spam you. They're super intentional. They're super love-filled. I love to tell stories. I love to channel little poems and messages from the Akashic Records. I love to give monthly updates. So it's really juicy, intentional just yummy information that's happening over there. If you're new here and you're like, how did she get into this work? I would love to know more. Please start on episode number one for there is some chronological information that is helpful in understanding more of who I am and what I'm here to do. So, that is all of the things. Also my how to read the Akashic records course is here. My baby, she is live. If you want to learn to tap into your Akashic records, you can do it. The guy, the goal is always for you to become your own guide, right? So I have lots of things coming out. I want you guys to be the most tuned in, tapped in, turned on version of yourself. And I believe a big piece of that is coming in here and learning to step into your authentic purse step into your authentic role is also equivalent to being rich as fuck. Okay. So if you want to be rich and we're allowed to say that, okay. I think there's so much programming that goes around all of us and having, you know, shame around wanting money and saying that out loud, but you are here to be an abundant creator. You are here to make money. You are inherently worthy of money. And so if you want to stomp around and say, I am, want to be rich. I am a rich person. Yes. Say it loud and proud. And today we are going to give you the energetic formula, the equation, the breakdown to call in more money effective immediately. You can tap into the field of abundance right now in this episode. And I love there's so many tangible tips and takeaways from Kristen Such. She is our girl. She really You guys, she is just so amazing. She shares also her journey. That's really how we got connected with meditating every day and how it's transformed her life. And she'll really go in and do a breakdown, so keep listening. But listen to this whole episode. Kristen is so impressive, so well-spoken, so knowledgeable. I told you she's a business mentor, coach, intuitive guide, angelic channel, you name it. She does a little bit of everything. She's kind of a master dabbler, and she's just a really impressive also very grounded embodied human i uh, we sat together after this episode and talked for 3 hours straight and we were like we were just in a portal of just like energy just talking to each other and connecting and just really was such an expansive experience being in her presence and in her light. And I'm so happy that this conversation is available to you guys. And this is free information. So if you have someone in your life who is struggling with how to make more money, they do not understand why they're stuck in these cycles of making money, losing money, not having enough, scarcity, lack, send this to a friend. There is someone in your life, maybe it's you, but someone needs to hear this. And I'm just so happy that Kristen and I were able to bring this magic to your ear holes today. So Kristen Such, you guys, what an absolute gem of a human. Welcome her to the show. Welcome to AG University, Kristen. We're so happy you're here. Welcome, 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 you guys, back to AG University. Today, I have, first of all, a girly pop that I found somehow on social media and we live, you're from Pontevedra, and we're connecting now in LA. So it's just like a very divine gathering. Kristen, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you, AG. It's been such a funny journey for me to like find you online and then realize that your new fiance, like went to school with my sisters. It's just been the craziest journey.
0: (laughs) Such a small world, but I love that because I'm so happy that we got connected and now I'm so happy to know somebody back home too. Heck yeah. Holiday times. We're going to, we're just going to play. We're going to vibe. We're going to vibe. The vibes are, the vibes are high. Okay. So tell everybody, give us exactly in your words, what it is that you do. Give us a little background on you and then we're just going to, we're going to go in. Take it away.
1: Awesome. So I'm Kristen. I'm a spiritual mentor, angelic channel. I'm a mindset and confidence coach. I have a lot of titles because it's really hard to put myself in a box, but really the root of my work is helping people step back into their purpose and share their gifts with the world. Because honestly, when I I had my spiritual awakening really early at 17, so it was kind of painful to go through, I don't know, just high school and even college, just having all this knowledge that I did. And one of my biggest struggles was like stepping into this purpose leaving behind the identity that I thought I needed to be. And then from there, I had to kind of do a lot of inner work and outer work to show up in the way that I desired and my soul desired in this life. So now I'm really passionate about helping people do the same thing because it can be really scary putting yourself out there in a new way and you know, all these coaches and new healers, like they just have a lot of fear of being seen like I had. So that was really long, but that's what I do. No,
0: that's not, that's, that's a beautiful explanation. And that's not too long. I am very long winded. (laughs) Everyone listening is like, we know. (laughs) But um, It's interesting that you say that because I always tell people I'm a dabbler. Like I dabble in so many things. It's actually been difficult because I am, I'm sort of jealous of you, but I guess, you know, my, my path is my path and it is what it is that you had this awareness at 17 because I did not have, you know, I was zero awareness. Like I was an atheist up until I was 24. Wow. And then I had like a very, I mean, it was a spiritual awakening, but it was really more of a near death experience. So it was very forced upon me. I was like exited. And then all of a sudden I came back and I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> ah! There was so much. Awake in the matrix. Yeah, you're awake. So that would be really crazy to have all the information that you have at 17. But all that being said, I think that every year things Change and evolve that I don't even know how to label myself anymore (laughs) because I'm like, well, I like fashion and I like to dance and I like to do these things. And I also love to podcast, but I also, like you said, angelic channeling, that's the same to me as Akashic Records. For those of you guys listening, it's in the same family realm. Realm, Yeah. (laughs) So there's so much there that it's sometimes difficult to label, but all I know is that you're just an angel. You're an earth angel. So that's
1: what I'm like, that's the vibe that I get from you. (laughs) Thank you. And it's interesting. My angelic channel And my connection, like really claircognizance and even clairvoyance only came on like less than a year ago now. So even though I had always been like super intuitive in tune, it's like you think you're awake and then another layer awakens in you. And then you're like, okay, well, who I thought I was the second time isn't who I am either. Right. I'm someone else. So I think it's really good for me to give permission to people to just evolve Mm. even in their new identity like you're going to evolve out of that. So for me it's like all about that death and rebirth baby. You just got to get used to shedding the old layers of you. <laughs> yes, and just like letting it go and letting it be. I had a I did a
0: class yesterday in Santa Monica. Have you heard of the class? Yes. Have you done one? No, I haven't done one, but I've heard it's amazing. Oh my gosh, everyone listening. If you're near Santa Monica, they also have one in New York City. My girlfriend, Allie, she, she's the most in-the-know person. She's always like, this is the hip, new, cool place. I'm the least in-the-know person. Oh I could not God. be less in-the-know. And she was like, we got to go to the class. It's incredible. I was like, Slay, let's go. I didn't even look it up, and I'm kind of glad because I went in with zero expectations. I was thinking it was like a Pilates breathwork flow. I don't know. The same type of thing that everyone's doing, which I love.
1: Mm-mm.
0: Oh, no. It was like we got weird with it. I teased it a little on my story, but we were like doing some like crazy breath work, stomping, like channeling emotion. Oh, wild. I've seen videos. It's it was awesome. I mean, but the reason I'm telling you this is one you've got to go. If you can, because okay. you live in California, you're closer than me being in Florida. I'm like, I might as well be in Europe. <laughs> like <laughs> it's so far away. It honestly, is so far. It's so far. <laughs> I'm like, I might as well just be in London. Um, but I had such a breakthrough yesterday. I text Austin. I'm like, I had a vision in the class. He's like, oh, he's just at this point. He's just along for the ride. He's like, what? I call, he calls me. He's like, tell me the vision. I told him, I'm like, I'm restructuring four wings of my business where I'm going to now offer this in my readings. You guys, there's new, new energy work offerings coming in my readings, but I had so many breakthroughs. And I'm like, well, everybody buckle up. I'm now doing like lives with movement. Like I'm in this like hyper movement. Never in my life, never in my life have I had anything to do with that. But now like now here we are. So That's just the latest of pivoting and shifting, Mm -hmm. but pivoting and shifting. I do have two things. I have a couple of reasons that I brought you here. You've been summoned here for a lot of reasons, but one, you have really been inspiring me lately because your Dr. Daddy Joe Dispenza series, and you guys, I love that she calls him daddy because I call, I call like everybody daddy, Austin is daddy. Everyone's daddy, Daddy Joe Dispenza. Tell us about your journey. She's been doing meditation every day for the last like what, sixty-five days?
1: Sixty, yeah, sixty-five. I don't. E- I stopped counting. Yeah, because I was like, honestly, at this it. point, like it's just we're just doing it. Yeah. Um. So yeah, about two months ago now, I stumbled upon a YouTube video, and I've like I've done Dr. Joe meditations before. I've dabbled in his work, but I've never really like gone all in. Mm-hmm. But when I find something that I like and I need at the time. I explain it like my soul goes to school. Mm-hmm. It's just like I know that I'm there to learn something and master something, and this skill is going to basically like bleed into the rest of my life. It's how 100%. it's it's how it's always been. So, two months ago, my audience knows I went. I've been, this this year has been like a huge rock bottom for me. I went through a massive breakup. I moved like three times. I was just like I lost a friend group. Like I shed so much this year, and I was essentially just still in the grief of my old life. And I stumble upon this YouTube video and Dr. Joe basically just activates me. And I think that that's what happens with spiritual teachers. Like something just activates in you Mm -hmm. and you're like, I need to learn from this person. Mm -hmm. This is the medicine that my soul needs right now. So I get activated by Dr. Joe and I've just been, at this point, I'd been in like a two month stint of just in a lot of pain and I couldn't get out of the pain. Like I would wake up in a state and I couldn't shake it all day. And his whole thing is changing your state. It's really attaching, letting go of the past and reattaching to the new future and really kind of having the body stop being addicted to those past emotions. Because at, at that point, when you've been feeling something for so long, your body's just addicted to it. So long story short, I'm like, I'm going to try one of the meditations. His meditations are pretty long. They're like 25 minutes at the least to an hour and 10 minutes at mm-hmm. the most. And so I do this 35 minute meditation. And by the end of this meditation, I'm you know visualizing this new life I'm creating. And I have tears of gratitude running down my face. I feel joy for the first time that I did In months. Mm. And I had like a full body moment and I've like, was like, I'm going to get through this. I'm going to do everything that I can to alchemize this and turn this pain into power. So I start just going down the rabbit hole. Like Dr. Joe has a lot of interviews. He has a lot of podcasts. He has a lot of lectures online. And I swear to you, I've listened to every single one. So I just start consuming everything. Dr. Joe. I start meditating every day and it starts to really help. And then I ask my friends, I'm like, do you guys want to do 30 days together? Like this stuff works if you're consistent. And so they were on board. We all decided to do 30 days together. And I would say around the three week mark, things started shifting in my life. I started attracting all of these crazy synchronicities. I started attracting so much money. I had the highest month in my business last month because I'm on my second month now. Um, I would call in, like, I would be like, I want to sign like three new clients. I signed eight new clients. I would have these moments where I would like meet somebody and then like we would be in another group together. And it was like, wait, aren't, are are we in both of these things together? Like, is that so weird? And we'd become like best friends Mm -hmm. after that all of these little synchronicities down to even today, like to even today, I had a synchronicity of like, I am driving up to LA. I stop at this coffee shop that I used to love going to when I lived in OC and I have a few friends in OC, but I was like, I'm not going to text anyone. I'm only there for 10 minutes. I'm going to grab my favorite coffees and I'm going to go because I usually get two coffees. Yeah. <laughs> and when I, while I'm there, one of my friends that, you know, lives there is there also. And she's like, I have no idea why I came here. Something just told me to come here. And it's just these crazy synchronicities. So on top of all the manifesting of money and material goods, it's just like these crazy synchronicities of moments where you're just in awe of the universe and you're literally like, this is not an accident. Yes.
0: I know that was really long. No, don't. I want it to be long. This is, I brought you here to tell us all about you because everybody listens to All About Me all the time. Yeah. But it's really the other day I posted a video how I was saying, I think it's so amazing and beautiful that we are out here manifesting abundance and relationship yeah. and all the things. But I truly collect so many magical moments. The other day I was walking to my interview with Sherveen, which was like a very divine like I had spoken that into existence and then they Symbiotica reaches out to me and they want to do this collab. Like it was a crazy situation how it even we got connected. Wow. On the way there, this nice French man, we are crossing the street, walks out and he's like, hey, what are you doing? Like he, we were just crossing at the same crosswalk, both had groceries in our hands. Mm. I'm like, oh, I'm going to a podcast. He's like, what kind of podcast? I was like spirituality. He was like, no way. My daughter's into that stuff. She's a poet. We passed his Airbnb. He's like, I'm going to give you her poetry book. This French man read me poems on the way to my, on the way to my interview with Shravine, which I was quite nervous for because I it was a big one for, yeah. you know, and it really calmed me. And it was just such a it was such a sweet, random encounter with a stranger. Yeah. But like, I feel like it just, just goes to show you can collect so many magical moments with people. And I do believe there are still good people in this world. I think that we've gotten conditioned to think like everything is bad in doomsday. Yeah. And I'm like, no, I have so many beautiful encounters. This beautiful, nice French Canadian man read me poems on the way to my interview. And I got there and I was like, wow, that was that was a really lovely walk, a 20 minute walk.
1: And the truth is, life happens in between the manifestations. Absolutely. It's mastering the in-between moments. It's like, can you be happy before the manifestation yes. comes? Can you act as if before the manifestation comes? And really that's why I love Daddy Joe is because he teaches teaches you how to live in the magic of the moment and how to really call your future to you as if it's already happened. And when you do that, you become the person that has all the things that you desire. And I think that would be one of the biggest takeaways from Dr. Joe is becomes less about the manifestations after a while like I don't even really care about what i manifest anymore it becomes about the person i am becoming on the way to having all those things mm. and I've witnessed so many changes in myself i think one of the biggest changes is he really helped me move from this deep-rooted lack mindset to an abundance mindset and when I really dial it down to like what is change in me it's my identity, literally who I identify with as a person has changed from going from somebody who identifies as just being in lack to someone who lives in so much magic and so much abundance and has more than enough all the time. And the truth is, I've always been this person. I just had a completely different set of glasses on.
0: (laughs) Absolutely. Oh, it's just, it's a shift in the lens, right? That we're seeing ourselves through. And at the end of the day, the craziest part is our our identity. We have written the script and we just loop it in our brain. We have made Mm -hmm. up that identity. So it
1: it comes down to like oh I don't like this part of myself. It's like we can change it. Anytime. Anytime. We I rewrite the script. I had this moment the other day. It's so funny you're saying this. So I was waking up from a really deep sleep and I'm actually a terrible sleeper. So when I wake up from a deep sleep, it's, it's kind of just like jarring to me. I'm like, oh my God, I haven't, you know, opened my eyes since the night before, which just doesn't happen to me often. And so I'm waking up from this really deep sleep, the kind where you almost don't remember mm-hmm. who you are. You mm-hmm. don't remember your life. You don't remember like anything about your reality. And I had this like psychedelic moment where I was like remembering my story and I was saying to myself, Oh my gosh, this is literally just a story. Yes. It's a story that we tell ourselves every single day and the story remanifests more of the story mm-hmm. and at any moment in time we can start telling ourselves a new story mm-hmm. and it completely shifts our entire reality, who we are as a person, the things that we attract, our vibrational plane that we're living on. It's it's crazy. It really is just a freaking story. <laughs> it's it's just a story
0: it like this is another example that's coming to my mind is uh some wasn't abraham hicks but someone in that genre if i think of it later i'll cite it in the in the show notes but saying you know when we come to earth and we're we're living our life and then when it ends it's like all the actors and actors go backstage and you all of a sudden are like whoa but it felt so real it's like no, no, no! You're just playing this part. But at any moment, we have free will to like rewrite the narrative, and it's really crazy because I used to be someone that lived in a victim mentality, thinking like, "What was me? Like, I can't believe this." Blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, no, 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 no! We don't have to stay in that. And I just wanted to tell everyone when you're talking about sleep. I I didn't even explain this to you fully. I sent Kristen a voicemail, but we had been we kind of just been connected. She reached out to me, was like, oh my gosh, I know Austin. Like we all grew up together, small world, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. Like followed her, kept up with her on TikTok, was following her, Joda spin's a journey, was loving it. And I went to sleep and I my dreams are so informational. I don't know if a lot of people relate to that. Maybe they don't, but like I just get messages like the other night. I knew I needed, I woke up and I needed to open 12 reading spots because there there's 12 people that needed to see me. Like I get very, very specific directions when I go to sleep at night and I've set up my containers to kind of like allow in what I need to know. Mm-hmm. I woke up and I literally heard Kristen touch in my head. And I was like so vividly like Kristen, Kristen, like three times and like we had been connected, but not like, I don't know. We didn't have any plans of like meeting up. Like it was kind of random. And I just reached out to you and I was like, I don't know what it is, but you have to come on my podcast. I was hearing your name in my sleep last night. And that's like, you must be just so tapped into the quantum. We were just like, your name came to me. And I was like, okay. I,
1: I kind of want to tell you my side of that okay, story tell us. yeah, because it was just as synchronistic, and this is the, just the shit that happens to me when I'm doing this Joe. I mean, I, I don't know who else to, I know it's me, but like I'm like, Daddy Joe, thank you so much for making my life so magical. When I'm doing this, these crazy synchronicities happen. So my best friend Brie, who all my my audience knows, me and Bree are just like we're besties, and I think I sent her something of yours because you and her, you guys remind me of each other. Like your energy is very similar. And I just sent her something of yours. And I said, I can't remember what I said, but I said something. And then the next day, you reached out to me. And I was like, "Brie, guess what just happened? Like, I was just talking to you about AG, and now whatever. So that happened. And then the night before, when I was meditating with Daddy Joe, one of the things that he always talks about is basically everything you want is in the form of opportunity. So you want to tune into the energy of opportunity. Mm. Because if you want money, it's actually freedom and an opportunity. That's the energetic formula of money. If you want a relationship, it's joy and an opportunity. It's always an opportunity. And so I was tuning into Opportunity the night before that you reached out to me. And when I tune in, I basically imagine myself like in this black space and I connect my heart out to these basically white bulbs of light that I don't know, but they're opportunities. And mm. I just imagine being like really excited to like open my email or open my Instagram or see somebody that I, I know. What I never know because in the quantum field, you don't know how it's going to play out. Right. But I tune into these opportunities and I don't do this this meditation that I did that night a lot, but I was like, Oh, I just feel so magical. Like angels, please. If you know, I have a good opportunity, like let it come to me. I just need something to excite me right now. Yeah. And the next day you reached out to me. And so I think it's really cool to see both sides that like yeah. when you're on the same vibrational playing field, you're just tapped into that same grid. Yes. And it's like you're connected because you are. <laughs>
0: yes. Well, that's we are. I, I talk about it all the time. It's, it's it's as if there was a tree and we were all leaves on this tree. Energetically, we're all so intertwined. Mm-hmm. That's why manifestation is so fun and so cool because you never know what leaf you're going to light up on that tree and it's all connected. So bringing in those opportunities. Thank you for sharing that story. I love that. I'm obsessed with that. Yeah. I'm so happy that I listened to my intuition and I could be a little ping for you <laughs> because I was like, we got to get her on the show. Which leads us to the reason I wanted to bring you on the show was actually to talk about money. That was my Akashic Records ping. And I realized that I don't talk about money a lot. I love to talk about food and sex and all kinds of other things. But I think money is one of those other extensions that a lot of people don't realize. Like, yo, what is my relationship with money? And a lot of people have a fucked up relationship with money and they might not even know it. So I'm curious. That was my ping. I'm curious if you can take us on a journey of, what maybe the evolution of your relationship with money has looked like or Mm -hmm. where you're at right now with money?
1: Yeah. Oh, this is a good one. I've never really shared my money story. So thank you for asking. Mm -hmm. So I grew up with parents. They were, they were both doctors and they just, they're both immigrants. They kind of have this scarcity mindset and they also have a mindset of like, this is what you need to do to be successful. And, I knew from a young age I wasn't gonna be a doctor because I'm really queasy around blood. So they knew <laughs> I wasn't gonna be a doctor. And they were like, okay, well, lawyer, businesswoman, finance, but figure something out in those fields. So mm. I actually went to school at the University of South Carolina for supply chain and finance. And <laughs> I was just following what my soul thought I needed to do. So I'll kind of skip forward. I get a corporate job and I am making like literally nothing. I'm making you know, less than $40,000 and working my ass off and really just not in my purpose. And it was around this time that I had to reprogram a lot of limiting beliefs, not only about my purpose, but about money. So I was reprogramming a lot. I do a lot of inner child and shadow work with myself, but then now I do it with my clients around having my inner child feel worthy of having money for doing what she loved and not only what was going to make her loved and valuable to her parents or what she thought they would want her to do. So from about 20, I think I was like 22 or 23 at that time at my first job, I was doing a lot of, of the deep-rooted reprogramming to get out of that corporate job and start my own, my own entrepreneur venture, which I eventually quit my corporate job, taught yoga for a year while I figured out what I wanted to do with my life. And then COVID hit and I ended up starting my coaching business. Mm-hmm. And When you start a business, it's the biggest spiritual awakening ever because all your shit rises to the surface. Mm -hmm. And so even though I had gotten out of the mindset of like, this is the only way to make money because there actually is so many infinite ways to make money. Now it's like you, everything is attached to you and, and your worth. And I had to do a lot of work around believing I'm worthy even with zero clients than I am with a hundred clients like really detaching my worth from money so I would say my money story started there and I grew my business to six figures within around it wasn't like super quick like most coaches it was maybe two and a half years I hit the six figure mark and I was really happy with it but then I felt like even when I was having more than enough money to live I was really still living in lack like I never felt like I had enough I was Penny pinching. I was holding on to money. I felt like I could never spend things. You know, I had thousands of dollars sometimes in my bank account and I'd be like, I don't know if I can buy this $100 kimono. It it was just like (laughs) weird things where I was like, why is this so deep rooted? And I'm going to bring this back to daddy Joe. I'm sorry. It's okay. But I, so I, I I did start to shed a little bit over the years because you have to, you know, when you have a business, you have to learn that you are worthy, but still that scarcity is deep rooted. And I think we've all heard it. You know, there's millionaires that feel poor and there's people with only making, you know, a little bit of money that feel abundant. And it's so true because it really is about your mindset. And so long story short, this rock bottom really forced me to review my relationship with money because Honestly, I was no longer part of a unit. I wasn't splitting things anymore. I live in California. It's really expensive. I wanted to live alone, and I wanted to get a one bedroom. I wanted to get an updated, really nice one bedroom, and it was forcing me to really just start to look at the money story again. So, when I started Daddy Joe, a lot of he has a lot of content around generating wealth, generating generating abundance, and I just again dove into it head first. And the biggest thing that shifted, again, is back to the identity. I realized that I was never going to be an abundant person if I was still identifying as someone in lack. And so the work that I did was really looking and studying the thoughts and the beliefs and the just the thoughts, the belief, and the relationship I had with money. And so I started doing things. This happened about like more six months ago, not just two months ago. I started writing a letter to money every single morning. Mm. And I would just write a letter and, and talk to it and say, say what was on my mind. And what I realized is Money had always been there for me. I always had enough. I always had more than enough. But I was there thinking that this thing was never going to come and I never had enough of it it and it doesn't love me and all these things. And the way I equate money now and how I teach it is think about it with a friend. If a friend is always there for you at your beck and call, always shows up for you and you're just so unappreciative of the friend and you're just like, you're never there for me and you never, you know, show up. How do you think that friend's going to feel about you? Do you think that friend's going to want to be around you? No. Probably not. And so you have to work on that relationship and foster and have conversations with it. And so eventually, I started channeling the consciousness of money. And money was telling me, like, you know, you're treating me like I'm not there for you, but I'm always there for you. And I actually want to – I want you to spend me. I want you to have fun spending me. I want you to feel joy when you're spending Mm me. But when you spend me, you're just – having all these negative emotions and it blocks you off from having more. And so it was in that moment I started really fostering my relationship. I started writing letters every morning, getting things more in order, putting things in, you know, high yield savings accounts. And this was all just happening very naturally. Honestly, I wasn't even taking any course or doing anything. It was just like I cared more about money and the relationship with it. And then with Dr. Joe, I had to start really studying the thoughts. So I realized that when I would buy a latte, which I love buying a latte every morning. It's one of those things that makes me feel like a queen. It makes me feel so abundant to be able to walk out of my house and have someone make my coffee for me every morning. I love it. (laughs) And sometimes I get two coffees. Most of the mornings I get two coffees. So I'm like, I want a little, you know, flat white and like a matcha, you know? Yeah, (laughs) just a little sip of both. Yeah, exactly. You want the hot and the cold. So I would realize that whenever I bought those things, I was kind of like cringing, like, oh, like $12. You know, I could have spent that $12 and I really had to study this relationship because I was like, okay, if I really trusted that more money was always on the way, I wouldn't care about spending the $12 because I know more is on the way. Right. And I started studying wealthy people. I started just listening to wealthy people. I started kind of studying my wealthy friends. And that was the thing that was missing is I didn't trust in the flow of money. I was just trying to hold it as much as I could because I thought I need to take as much as I can and I need to hold as much as I can because more more is never going to come. But when you are an abundant person, your thoughts are not in the frequency of lack. You don't even have a thought when you spend the $9 on a latte. You don't. You have no thoughts because you're just like, I'm so excited to have this latte. And when you're spending that money, you're just like, I'm so happy and I know more is on the way. So I I don't care. And in my meditations, I would start rehearsing this version of me that was so happy when I bought lattes or so happy when I saw something at the store that I liked and I wanted to buy it. And then slowly, I would start to notice the thoughts in my life and switch them, and I would start to be this person. And I think it's literally no coincidence that the month that I really rooted into this new identity was my highest income month in my business.
0: Woo-hoo! Yeah. Beautiful money story wow, I have so much I want to dissect. One, I'm obsessed with the personification of money. I love to personificate anything. Is that even a verb? I just made that up. I love to give <laughs> anything a personal aspect or touch mm-hmm. because I feel like it makes us really take a hard look in the mirror. And, and for me, this was my one of my things that I realized that I was doing was I would get anxious, an old version of me would be anxious to open my bank account. Like, <gasps> What's in there? How much did I spend? Like what's what's shaking in there? And it's like no. You don't like you don't look at yourself in the mirror or a friend and be like oh shit what's she doing today like mm-hmm. through a no you're like oh my gosh hi hello what's going on what's shaking like really having a conversation with what's going on in my bank account because i think for a while i was so scared to check it cuz i'm like is it going to be low how much did i spend i don't want to look mm-hmm. i think that's a very common thing for people is like i don't want to look avoidance <laughs> avoidance mm-hmm. and we don't avoid we don't want to be an avoidant relationship we don't want to be in an avoidant partnership friendship no we want to absolutely be in flow and we want to love that person and be grateful and all of these things that we we i i guess is in our ideal relationship with other people and like you said you teach that to your clients and i saw a clip of you talk about how you're like now i get so excited to spend money and it's fun and that's the the energy that i'm playing in right now i was i was telling everybody on the age university podcast that this trip out here i'm doing this massive act- activation And so many people in my life are like, you're crazy for like, when I say activation, it's like a physical, we're building um, an install, like Mm -hmm. everyone's coming in, I'm doing live readings for like over 150 people. Like it's, it's huge, but it's gonna be so fun. And I am, everyone is like, you're insane. And I'm like, listen, I am not worried because I already saw that this is coming back to me four times it. Mm -hmm. now I don't know that. I have absolutely not a speck of proof. But my gut tells me and I am going to trust it and also I'm going to have so much fun spending all this money investing in my business because I believe in me and I believe in my business. And you trust it. And I trust it. And I know that I wouldn't be given this opportunity if the universe wasn't going to back me. Mm. And I always tell people too, it's it's in those moments where you're like, I'm going to really bet on myself. I'm going to show up for myself because I believe in me. And that's
1: when you fly, you know? Absolutely. And I I have a very deep, deep – I have a deep belief that – When you are living in your soul's purpose, when you're doing your soul's mission, source knows that your mission is so big that you can't be worried about paying your rent or how much food you have in your fridge or, you know, what you're going to like, not being able to buy new clothes. I believe that source is like, you're in your purpose, you're in your mission. Here is more than enough to sustain you. And then it's your beliefs and everything else that gets you there. But I've just seen it so many times with my clients and I, when you truly are doing your soul's work, you just get rewarded. You do. Because that's what you're here to do. And that's essentially your highest timeline. And your highest timeline is always going to come with abundance because that's that's what it is. Well, and also too, like
0: the energetic of living in your soul's purpose. If we're all energetically intertwined, we're all here to support each other, help Mm -hmm. each other grow, learn, and evolve. There's something about that it's almost like this just very symbiotic flow that we're all experiencing. Even you going out and buying the lattes, you're supporting your local coffee shop. You know, there's so much energetic of support and giving to people, but also fulfilling your own needs and fulfilling, like you said, like I feel like a queen when I buy lattes, but then you're also blessing all these other people, the baristas, the people that work there. Like there's such a beautiful flow and circulation of sending money all around when we're all living in this state of fear holding, holding, holding. That's when shit starts to crumble. You know, it's like, we're all here to support each other. I think that's such a beautiful way to realize like, no, this makes me feel amazing. And
1: also I want to support this place. It's my favorite coffee shop. I want, I want to see them thrive. Exactly. And I think that when I see money coming in and out, especially like a lot in big chunks for me. And when I'm giving big chunks to other people, I just, I say this thing to myself. I'm just like, okay, it's their turn to hold it. Okay. It's my my turn to hold it. Mm. It's just like, none of it is actually ours. It's always in flow and circulation. And if you look at, the cycles of nature if you look at the ocean if you look at you know the moon and the sun day and night the clock everything is supposed to be in constant motion nothing is supposed to be stagnant and money is the same it's supposed to be going back and forth between people supporting different people and yeah just you're supposed to have more of a neutral relationship with the in and out and i think that that is one of the really big things that people can start to practice is how can you be more neutral around money? Like money actually is neutral, but if you're finding that you have negative emotions when you get a parking ticket or you're spending too much on a shirt, it's like, how can you bring that back into neutrality? Because it really is neutral. It is. And I
0: feel oftentimes those things like a parking ticket or some sneaky unexpected payment that's that's coming to you as a lesson because Mm -hmm. maybe you didn't prepare for it and the universe is like has she up leveled her relationship with money is she going to look at this because there's no sense of being triggered or rattled by it because it's just an opportunity for you to learn something or explore you're being mirrored this like what is her relationship with money how does she react to this how does she respond and it's like okay no it's not a big deal more is on the way more is coming and I did have one other thing I wanted to add because I feel this is a controversial statement that I'm going to make and mm-hmm. I would love to hear your two cents. But I have always – I don't believe in budgeting. I have always been, like, repulsed by, like, a strict budget, like, tracking every cent. Yeah. And to me, it's, like, tracking every calorie. Like yeah. It's such not a, supposed to happen. No. It's such a – because also, like, who am I to quantify energy like that? Mm-hmm. Who am I to quantify – what my body needs every single day to the calorie who am i to quantify what my business needs if i was on a budget right now my budget <laughs> person would be like you're fucking crazy this is not this is not in the budget but i'm like you don't get it It's 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 my intuition. You know, you got to leave room for for magic for magic. (laughs) So I don't believe in a budget, and I will stand by that because I feel like it keeps us in this lack and scarcity mindset. Just as being on some crazy strict twelve hundred calorie plan, we're obsessing and we're not really allowing our body to allow energy to flow properly. Sometimes we need more. Sometimes we need less. Sometimes we need to spend more. Sometimes we we need to invest in ourselves. We need a coach, a program of this or that, for us to then. X times our money, you know, mm-hmm. but if we just stay in our little budget, do, 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 hum, drum, hum, drum, there's never going to be, I feel, the intuitive pings or room for the expansion that's waiting for you because you're just so locked into those, like like you said, penny pinching. Mm-hmm. So that could be a contra- – there's probably some financial people on here that are quivering that are like, not the budget. Yeah, they're like their eyes twitching. Yeah, they're, they're like, like oh. But I hate a budget.
1: Yeah, no, I, I I do agree with that. I, I think you
0: could have like a loose one, but like yeah, leave yeah. a little room. How about that?
1: So my Virgo moon is like, well, you need some structure. So the right. structure that I think is, you know, I have an auto auto transfer set up to my high yield savings account. So it's like, I know I'm going to have money in there. And then I always, you know, put the max amount in my Roth, Roth IRA, which is, you know, the, essentially the 401k for entrepreneurs. And so because I already have like all my investments already set up in those ways, we're things auto-transfer, I do play with the rest of my money. And I really, really believe in exactly what you said. Like you shouldn't be counting every cent that you paid because then every time you spend money on something, you're going to be like, is that in the budget? And that's just, that gets obsessive, just like counting calories. Right. Because I think I've been there. Um, we've all been there. Yeah, I
0: think we've all been there. We're all like children of the freaking 90s diet culture. (laughs) Exactly.
1: Woof Woof is right. And so I do believe that. And I'm going to say... That when I was quitting my corporate job, the thing that allowed me to do it, I was like really cutting down all my expenses. I moved apartments. I sold my car at the time and bought a cheaper car. All of those things. I think that there's a time and a place where sometimes you might need a budget, right? Like that's maybe not the time to be um, frivolously spending. I think there's a time and a place for everything. But I think that when you have to be really honest with yourself, do you have more than enough? And if everything else is in order on, you know, the bottom line of you're putting all the money away that you need to put and you're good for, you know, the future and your rent and your fixed needs, then at that point, have fun with your money. Have fun.
0: Yes. Allow yourself to have a little bit of fun. Yes. Yes. I absolutely, I think, I think there are ways to implement a little bit of structure just as like. We have. I keep going back to the calorie metaphor because it's easy for me. But you know, we have like, say, we know we're going to eat breakfast, lunch, and dinner, mm-hmm. and but we're going to allow ourselves to let our intuition guide a little bit on our snacks. You know, exactly. Like, exactly. like there can be a little gentle structure because we, you know, discipline is ultimately a form of self love. If exactly. you're coming at it from that angle. But I think there's so much scarcity that runs so generationally through mm-hmm. all of us. I mean, I'm the same way. My parents both were entrepreneurs, were very successful, but I will never forget when we were little kids. My sister thought we were poor. Like dead ass thought we were poor. Mm-hmm. We were not. We went to like nice private schools. I mean, my parents did well, but they were they were so, you know, frugal and never wanted us to feel like, my dad was very. He was like, "I want you guys to have a job." My, my sister really thought we were going to lose our house. And we're like, okay, so mom and dad, you took it a little too far because we, we thought that we were, you know, going to go under. But I think that there is so many ways for us to revisit our money story, and I love the letter writing technique.
1: Yeah, and you know, I'm glad that you mentioned that because something that I forgot to say that's so vital to my money story is. So I said my parents were doctors, but we literally lived like we had we were poor. Yeah. We had a we had a house at one point and there was no furniture in the house. Oh, and it was just because my dad was uh, he has he's just really in lack and he wanted to hold on to as much money as we needed. And we literally would just like go eat at Applebee's like we did not live a rich life. We lived a very, very frugal, poor life. And, you know, whatever, that's his story and his trauma. And I don't blame him at all. But that's why Even when I had money, I was always just like, save, 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 save. Like, I grew up thinking that every dollar you needed to save like 30% of that dollar. And so we had this very just frugal lack mentality of like, just save as much as you can that I think just goes along. You know, my dad's from the Philippines, my mom's from Israel. Both of those different types of people have kind of this deep lack mentality. And I think I just adopted it. And it's no one's fault, but ultimately it's my job to write a new story for us.
0: Exactly. Yeah. You're, you're the person. It's like, you're, I'm here to to switch up the cycle. I'm going to, I'm going to, Do things differently. Mm -hmm. And we all, everybody listening, and you and I both here, we all have the ability to review, 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 check in with ourselves, constantly like, hmm, how does this feel? How did I feel spending this? It can be such a simple check-in. Yeah. Would you walk us through because just I love to give people like super tangible Mm -hmm. on the writing a letter to money? Because I'm totally gonna do that. I love I've heard that. That's like the second time I've heard this. I'm like, I need to start doing this just because even me, I mean, I have all of this awareness and this Mm -hmm. knowledge and but there's still moments where I'm like, ooh, this is crazy. You're gonna do this, Anna Grace. Okay, but mm-hmm. I just
1: gotta trust it. So talk talk us through that process. So I think where you should start is just by free writing a letter to money and see what comes out because that's gonna be really telling of where your relationship stands. And when I first did this, it was like, hi, money. You know, I've never really talked to you like this before, but I'm noticing that I'm having a lot of overthinking and worrisome thoughts. And I just started channeling whatever I was feeling about money. So literally with zero judgment, just kind of vomit on the page and write whatever you're feeling about money. That's gonna give you a good baseline of where you're at. And you're gonna be able to see your relationship to money. Because again, money is neutral. It 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 loves you if you love it. It doesn't like you if you don't like it. So you're gonna see where you're at with it. And then from there, I would start to write a take two minutes in the morning and write a letter to money every single day. So when I started reviewing my relationship, I would just be like, thank you so much for always being there for me. Thank you for the money that is on the way to my account right now and I don't even know it yet thank you for supporting me with my latte this morning. Thank you for allowing me to invest in my business. And I would just write anything. It's really channeled. Truly. It's just like whatever is coming to you, but you want to think of it as like texting a friend. You have to cater to that relationship and put effort in for that relationship to flourish and foster. And it's the same with money. So think of it as you're just like little daily email or text message to money where you're just saying, Hey, I'm checking in. I love you. I appreciate you. Thank you for all that's coming. And and, you know, I would like maybe more support in this area. Or can you help me find a few clients? I always talk to money and I'm like, money, can you help me figure out this new offering and the right pricing? It's I really just talk to it like a friend. And I think that people sometimes overthink how to create relationships, you know, with money or intangible things. But everything has a consciousness. And the truth is, is money, think about how many lessons and things that money teaches humans. It's really just a tool and a consciousness here to teach us and learn. And and if you want to master it, you just start learning about it. Start studying people that have really abundant mindsets. Start listening to podcasts about money. Just start fostering your relationship. You know, that's what you would do with a friend. If you really wanted to get to know your friend, you would ask about it and you would try to learn about that friend and you would try to just figure out what makes her tick and, and how to make her happy. And that's the same with money. It's just yeah. really act like you're in a relationship with it.
0: No, I I'm obsessed. I'm obsessed. I'm gonna really. I'm gonna take money out on a date. I'm mm-hmm. gonna go somewhere. I'm gonna get a coffee. I'm gonna talk to it. So yes, I'm gonna be like what's going on? Because I a practice I was teaching Austin recently, which is kind of like this, but I like this better. He's gonna he's gonna do this when we get home. So <laughs> because I've noticed he definitely comes from a scarcity mindset, and he. He's just very logical when it comes to me. And he's like, well, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, get out of here with that stinky, stanky energy. Don't go, don't swing it my way because I am not worried about this. You know, he wants to be logical, mansplaining things. And there are times where I appreciate, you know, him helping me invest money. And I think there's a lot... I definitely have one of my old stories was like, I don't know what to do with money when I make it. Right. I think that's a common one, too, especially for females. It's like, I don't know what to do with it. Help me. What's the stock market? Or like, where do I invest? Or what do I do with it? So that was when I the first thing I did was I stopped telling myself those stories. Yeah. I know what to do with money. I'm going to figure it out. Not like that's another place, even before you write the letter, like, what do you what do you say when someone asks you about your financial situation? Like, oh, well, I don't, it comes and goes. I don't know. I don't know how to do it. I don't know how to make it. I don't know how to keep it. I don't know how to save it. Like, what are you saying? That was one thing that I've just like, I'll hear Austin sometimes. Sorry, Austin, I'm really calling you out right now. But I'll hear him say things and I'm like, no, let's break this down. So right. we have been doing a journaling exercise in bed every night together. And I gave us an assignment of picking one area of our life where we'll write, you know, so like one of mine that I've been saying is I allow money to flow to me endlessly in vast amounts that exponentially increases every month. I love that. Right? So just like allowing it. And, and it's crazy because I have just had new streams of money open up, like just mm-hmm. randomly here. A random commission check came in last week for like $7,000. And I Damn. had no, I mean, I, I the bank called me and was like, Hey, someone's trying to deposit money to your account. <laughs> I swear. And I was like, I have no idea who that is. I, I literally was like, they must've put on the wrong account number. <laughs> and I really was like, I don't know. And then they ended up calling me back. They're like, Hey, this is the vendor. And I was like, holy shit. Like I was so shocked. I didn't even know the money was coming from. I really was. So that's, that's a fun one that I say. So I was telling Austin, I was like, pick a couple of statements. One about like, we're manifesting something about our relationship together. We're manifesting, you know, something about like our dream home and, you know, also just how we want to feel. Like I always say, thank you for the love, joy, happiness that I feel every single day. Yeah. Just some simple ones. And then I love to say like the more, the more fun that I'm having, the more money I'm making. Like, thank you for allowing me to feel fun. Fun is a huge code for me. Like I, I'm really here to have fun. I feel that for you. Thank you. Thank you. So it's really important like for money, like I'm supposed to have a fun relationship with money. Mm-hmm. So I think that's another one. Like what do people really like want with money? For me, it's fun and freedom. I've kind of narrowed it down. Like I know I want to have money to do fun things. I want to provide fun experience for other people. I want everyone to have fun. And if I have money, I can do fun things with everybody. <laughs>
1: And money really does just enhance who you are as a person. If you're a bad person, it's going to enhance that. If you're a good person, yes, it enhances that. And so I think that there's a lot of stories with money too of just, you know, money makes people bad or greedy greedy people aren't – whatever the story is with money, we all had those sayings that our parents said about money or we grew up hearing about money. And I think it's really – really important for you to look at those key statements. Money doesn't grow on trees. But everyone's heard that one, right? But like, do you believe that? Do you believe that making money is really hard? Because I actually think that making money is the easiest thing in the world. All I have to do is be myself. All I have to do is be in my purpose and money is going to support me no matter what. And so really starting to work with these core beliefs with money and practicing who you want to be in relationship to money. Like literally before bed, imagine yourself going to free people and buying $500 worth of clothing. And if you normally cringe, literally just imagine yourself in your head being like, I am so grateful that I have the money to buy this. And then imagine yourself going home, trying on all your new clothes, FaceTiming your best friend. Doesn't this look cute? Doesn't this look good? Like I had to literally rewrite situations that I would have with money. I would go spend money and I'd be like, Ooh, like I would cringe. Yeah. And I wanted to feel so good. And so you have to really look at those nitty gritty details about your relationship and then start to say, what would be a more supportive relationship with this? What do I want to feel like? What do I want to do? How do I want to think and talk about money? Uh, Yes.
0: How do I want and and why do I want
1: it? Mm -hmm. Ultimately, uh, that's another one like coming
0: up with just a question to give everyone. And I would love to know your answer to is like, what are my pillars? I always say like, what are my pillars? So for me, like I said, I I want money to experience fun and freedom. I'm here to live a fun life. I'm here to live like Just kind of a wild free life and freedom is my main calling with money. I want to do whatever I can. And then I also want to help people and support them and create fun experiences to bring people together. So those are like some of my big pillars and also like luxury in the form of self-care. Massages. Like I like to shop, but now I don't shop as much because I'll get things sent to me or I don't know. I'm just not really in a phase of wanting stuff. But I love, I love like acupuncture, Reiki. Mm-hmm. I want to spend all the money on taking care of my vessel because then when when I'm taken care of, I can take care of other people, you know? So what are some of your pillars around money? Like what's your kind of calling or your relationship now?
1: Yeah, definitely freedom. And to me, that means doing what I want, when I want, how much I want, how little I want, when I want to do that. So that's been a really big thing for me. And then similar to you, I just want to be able to bless myself and the people around me. And like, so one of the big things that you know, I'm doing, my mom's coming to visit me this week. And like, I booked us a little getaway in Laguna. And it's honestly the first time I've been able to do something like this. She used to send me, you know, $20, a hundred dollars here and there when I was starting my business. And it's like a a moment where I can give back to her. Mm -hmm. And I, this, that's really important to me to be able to feel like I can bless the people in my life because they've been supporting me and now I want to support them. So having, being able to like bless people and then like you having fun. I think it's, I think that, The point of life is literally to experience as much as we can. Mm -hmm. And money is the way that we do that. I mean, you can't really do a ton of things without money. Right. Truly, I, that sounds bad, but you can't do a lot of things. And so one of my, you know, unpopular opinions is I think being rich as fuck is one of the most spiritual things that you can experience on this earth because Amen. it gives you so much deep-rooted experience, fun, freedom to live out who you truly are and who you desire to be. Because if you're, you know, locked down and you don't have freedom, you can't be your full expression. And so money is the vessel to be your fullest expression.
0: Yes. Oh, so well said. I keep wanting to clap. (laughs) I want to just clap, but I don't want to clap into the microphone because it'll be loud in y'all's ears. But yes, you know, and even when he said that I was having this vision when I was a little girl, when I was eight, I'm pretty sure I've told this story on the podcast before, but I told my dad, I was like, dad, I am here to be rich. (laughs) <laughs> my dad was like, I love that. My dad was Your like Your soul, <laughs> soul knew My soul new. And my dad was like, okay, well, like, what are you doing? I was like, I'm gonna be rich and I'm gonna be famous. I'm gonna be on a stage and I'm gonna be helping people. And don't worry, dad, I'm gonna take care of you. So I told my dad that when I was like eight years old. But here's the, the funny story. My dad would tell people that story, like as I got older, and I would get embarrassed because I'm like, Dad, I can't believe I was just a r- like saying, like, I'm here to be rich. Like I would be like, no, shh, don't tell people that. Like, that's like I had this shame and being like, I'm here to be rich. Like, I felt like that sounded so, I don't know, like a (laughs) douchebag, you know what I mean? Like I'm going to be rich. And that was never what I meant. And even, you know, in relationship with Austin, he's always been like, you're the first person that really is. I always tell him, I'm like, listen, I don't know how, I don't know why, I don't know where the money's going to come from, but because right now he's been very like, we got to save for a house. We got to save for a house. And yes, absolutely. But I keep telling him, I'm like, listen. I'm not worried. (laughs) I am not worried about it. Like right now, could I buy the house of our dreams that we want? No. Mm -hmm. Will I be able to when the time comes? Yes. Yeah. Don't know how.
1: It's going to happen. It's going to
0: happen. Everybody listening, I'll, I'll let you guys know how it goes down.
1: And I truly believe
0: it. Thank you. But it's just so funny because as I got older, I was like so embarrassed as a little kid that I would say like, I'm here to be rich. I'm here to be famous. And I was like, oh my God, I sound like such a twerp. But it really, like you said, my soul knew. And Your soul know, knows. Everybody listening, you're allowed to say like, I want to be rich. You're allowed to say that. Mm-hmm. There's been so much shame in programming, especially, you know, I feel like women, we've been like just kind of put into these small containers of like, we have to be a certain way or a mom or this or that. It's like, no, we can do all the things.
1: And if that makes you cringe, if you're listening to AG and you're like, oh, that makes me feel cringy. That is your exact work. Why does that make you cringy to own being rich? Because that's just shadow. What does being rich represent to you? Does it mean that you're greedy? Does it mean that you are not a nice person? Does it mean that you are mean? What did society or your parents or your upbringing make you believe about having a lot of money? Because my upbringing made me made me believe that if I have a lot of money, I'm really, really worthy. Like, I remember situations where I'd be around family and they'd be like, look at these McDonald's workers. Like, they're so, you know, they're losers. And I mean, I'm not proud of that. But that was what I equated money to. Money makes you more worthy. Not having money makes you less worthy. And so I had to reprogram that so much with my inner child, telling her you are worthy with or without money and mo- you're supposed to have a lot of money and you're going to have a lot of money when you step into your purpose. I used to tell my inner child that every single night in a meditation, like you are going to have so much freaking money when you step into your purpose. Mm. And now she just genuinely believes that. I believe, yep, if I'm in my purpose, I'm just always going to be abundant. And that's the story that I'm creating for myself. Just full circle moment. That's the reality that I create for myself. It's the story that you're looping. And now it's like when you're living and you are, outside of the matrix, meaning you're not you know, living in the rules of the matrix, you realize you make your own rules. So make your own rule with money. What do you want to believe about money? That it's hard to make or it's easy to make? I want to believe that it's easy to make. And I want to believe that it's coming to me all the time and I don't even know where it's coming from. So that's my reality now.
0: Absolutely. I mean, I, my, re- my reality is and everybody listening is that whatever we believe becomes your reality. Yes. So you might as well. That's why I love the trend that's like Delulu is the Salulu mm-hmm. being delusional. I know that when I post on TikTok, I get all kinds of things. that People are like, you are living in, in another la-la land, almost in like a negative way. They're shaming me. And I'm like... Uh, but it's mine. Like, this is my world, and I get to make the rules in my you world. You can live in this land, too. I want to live in la-la land, and Same. I like it here. Mm-hmm. So leave me alone, one. <laughs> but yeah. two, it is so true. Like, every time I channel on the Akashic Records, they say, life is a game, and you make the rules. Life is a game, yep. you make the rules. And just as you said, like, m- I grew up, my mom worked so hard. She was she was an artist, though. She was, like, the creative version of me and an intuitive, but a lot of that was blocked for her because she ended up in corporate America. She had a really amazing career and she's a very inspiring person. Mm -hmm. But now that she's out of it, I think there's a lot of, you know, she loved to paint. There was a lot of expression that was muted, Mm -hmm. that was blocked. And my mediumship, Like gifts and skills come from that side of the family too. And all of that has been turned off, you know. And she was just in a very corporate role, and she always told me that I had to work so hard to make this money. You know, Mm. she had money, but she worked so hard for it to the point where I am miserable. I will sacrifice my soul's purpose for this money, you know? Mm. And so that was a huge one for me. It's like, no, the more fun I'm having, the more money I'm making. It's easy. And I believe that anyone listening wants to change your belief. That is your story, and you get to write it. Yeah. But a lot of the story has just been put into our ears by other people around us. So that's such a good thing to notice is like, who did you know growing up that had money and what did your parents say about them?
1: Exactly. And one of the biggest things that shifted for me is I don't even remember who I was listening to, but they were like, if hard work equaled money, then all of, you know, the blue collar workers would be the most abundant people. And the millionaires wouldn't be just golfing all day. But look, they're working less, making more. And the blue collar workers sometimes have the least amount of money. So hard work does not equal money. Work does not equal money. It's really a game. It's an energy. And it's a frequency. And I never really got when people said that, like, it's a frequency. But now I really do get it. When you're in the frequency, it's just like you attract it. You're a magnet to it. Mm -hmm. And it really is like a state of being. And, you know, I've had moments where I didn't have a lot of money, but I would be like, I'm grateful for, I'm grateful for all the jeans in my closet. I'm grateful for all the shirts I have. I'm grateful for all the air in my apartment. I'm glad I'm grateful for, you know, the amount of shoes I have. I would, I'm grateful for my friends, just finding little ways to feel abundant. And that's the frequency that attracts more in. Absolutely.
0: We can all find things right now to be abundant for no doubt. Like, I think that gratitude practice, people just think they're kind of just randomly doing it, but it's like, no, this really has such an immediate positive effect on even just changing your state, being like, okay, I just had this conversation with a friend yesterday that I'm like, if I did not make another dollar right now in this exact moment, we were sitting on the beach in Malibu, I'm like, I am happy. I am so happy if I made this exact amount of money for the rest of my life. I'm happy right now. Mm -hmm. And I think that you have to have those moments where you cannot get lost in this rat race of like when I have X, I will be so happy. That's that's the
1: trap. Exactly. That's the trap. And bring it back to – Daddy Joe, you know, he's done a lot. He does scientific research on the energetic frequency of emotions. And the reason he always comes back to gratitude, is because it's one of the highest vibrational emotions. Like it is the emotion of I already have it. And he's measured it in the electromagnetic field of humans. It's real. Gratitude is not this woo-woo thing that we're trying to say, like read Dr. Joe books. It's measured. It's a frequency. And it really does pull things to you if you practice a, if you practice a continual state
0: of gratitude. Absolutely. And they always say too that fear and anxiety can't exist when you're expressing gratitude.
1: No, it's not on the same frequency. Right.
0: You can't, you like physically can't. So if you
1: catch yourself in those
0: moments of fear, it's like Switch. Yep. I am so grateful. Right now, I have air to breathe. Wow, mm-hmm. what a gift. Yeah, We have water to drink. We have things that we need to stay alive. And that will like, immediately take you out of that fear and anxiety frequency because that can sometimes just be a spiral. And those two emotions can't exist at the same time. It's like my favorite thing to remember.
1: A million percent.
0: Wow. This was such a good conversation. I feel like we really gave so many tips and just tricks and takeaways. Is there anything else that you want to leave us with? Anything that you're... Anything that we didn't cover that they need to know about money?
1: Honestly, yeah. Just start to foster your relationship with it. Just remember that at any moment you can create a new story. There's so many free resources out there. There's so many books, podcasts. Just start to consume more and you're going to see like you're going to feel better about it and it's going to flow to you. It is.
0: It is. I know. And I I meant to tell you, I think I started something. I always start like 10 tangents and then I get so excited (laughs) with everything that you're saying. I'm like, (laughs) but I was saying how Austin and I will do the practice of writing out our affirmations of what we're manifesting. But the key is anytime I tell him, if you have a moment where you write something, so say, like, you know, money is flowing to me endlessly, right? I write that out. And then I I have this moment where I'm like, no, it's not. You know, you have a thought in your head that's like, Mm -hmm. da da da. Immediately I will write out that thought and start to communicate with like what conversation is happening inside of my body because that's like the fastest way for us to kind of clear out a limiting belief or an energy that we're carrying so i just wanted to continue that thought so anybody needing some practices write a letter to money when you write your affirmations or your goals if you're feeling a wince or a cringe or that'll never happen go in and write and be like okay why did that thought come up where is that coming from whose voice is that what is that and that's how we can get to the root of some of these issues to resolve them so we can live our freest, most fun life. Yeah. now AG University is a finance podcast. <laughs> With a little bit of, you know,
1: spiritual yeah. swing.
0: Well, and one of my friends has a financial advisor who's also an energetic money coach. So those Love exist that. out there. Like there are a lot of people. Money is energy. Money is energy. It's an energy. I will say, I'll, I'll, sorry. I, yeah,
1: I will say, so. I was at this networking event the other day and it was this billionaire who was the sp- guest speaker and he's just starting to talk. And and as soon as he starts talking about the energy of money, I'm like, this guy listens to Joe and, and, and Abe, um, Joe Dispenza and Abraham Hicks. And I go up to him after and he, I was like, asking him, you know, his favorite thing or I don't know, I asked him a question. He was like, oh yeah, I've studied Joe Dispenza. I've studied Abraham Hicks. Like he's a billionaire and he's working with the energy of money. So I truly believe that like everyone at the top actually does know. Oh, they do. The energetics. They and do. They just don't share it because that's not what people want to hear. Oh, no. I, I just said this on the last
0: podcast. Any of my celebrity clients, all everything is signed and know that I will not disclose any of their information because they, they don't really want people to know. And that's fine because they're like, I got a good thing going for me. I don't have to share my stuff. Yep. But we're here to share the stuff. Okay. You guys listen up. Take notes. We're here to share the stuff. Share this episode for anyone with anyone who is struggling with their relationship with money. Kristen, tell them where they can find you.
1: Yay. You can find me on Instagram, TikTok, YouTube at Kristen.such. And then I also have a podcast called Alignment Academy, which is basically a school to get you back into alignment, your soul back into alignment. And just, yeah, I talk about all things, spirituality, mindset, business, life all the things
0: i love that we both have schools also I such as S-U-C-H, s-u-c-h yes just you know sometimes I, I love a spelling on a podcast i like to write it down thank you so much this was incredible i'm gonna listen back and take notes myself I yay can't wait. thank you for coming on thank you for being here thanks for having me ag yay! as always i just wanted to say thank you so much for tuning in if you feel so called or if it feels aligned i would love for you to leave me a review here always love reading your beautiful thoughts and messages. And also you can find me at Anna Grace Newell on Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. And I will link all of my courses, Age University course curriculum in the show notes, along with if you're interested in booking an Akashic Records reading with me.